and welcome to episode number two of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I'm your host for this podcast journey to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, aka Sin City. Now, first off, I want to take a moment here to thank everyone who took the time to listen to episode number one of the show. It's always a little scary when you launch a project like this, and you're not exactly sure whether or not it's actually going to work, especially when the subject is something like Las Vegas. I mean, there are literally hundreds of podcasts about Vegas with topics ranging from simple trip reports to in-depth gambling strategies. I'd like to think that this one falls somewhere in the middle. Regardless, lots of folks from all across Canada, the US and elsewhere took the plunge into this little adventure with me. So again, thank you very, very much. And if this is your first listen and you're interested in going back and checking out episode one, Head to walkernewmedia.com and click on the podcasts page to start listening. For this episode, I wanted to share some of my Vegas wisdom, things that I've picked up from some of my many past trips. I've got a couple of must-dos for everyone, as well as a few things to watch out for and to avoid in your Vegas travels. I'm also going to share some of my plans for my upcoming escape, which will be December 16th to 20th and is going to include a very special night spent with my Vegas family, a night that you can actually take part in if you're going to be in Vegas at the same time. So without any further ado, let's get things underway. I, I wanted to start by sharing some of the tips and tricks that I've learned during my numerous past trips. Now, as I told you in episode one, I make multiple trips to Las Vegas every year, and by multiple, I don't mean two or three. I'm coming up on trip number seven of 2018, and in the last few years, I've been lucky enough to do anywhere between five and seven trips each year. Las Vegas is one of those cities that can be very intimidating to a first-timer or occasional visitor. Between the crowds of people, the flashing lights, the blasting music, the casino noises, and everything else going on around you, it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed. Then, in all of that, there's always someone looking to take advantage of an unsuspecting tourist. Now, I don't want to freak anyone out, but I do want to share a few bits of advice on what to be watching out for. Let's start off with some of the unseemly types that you might come across while you're out on the strip. These are folks who are really just trying to get your money. We're going to start with the fake Buddhists. These men and women are usually dressed in brown or red robes and will approach you as you walk along the strip. They'll attempt to hand you a prayer card, and when you reach for it with lightning speed, they will slap a bead bracelet on your wrist. Then they'll ask for a donation. If you try to walk away without giving them a donation, they'll often start yelling at you, try to cause a scene, and if you just try to hand the card or bracelet back, they'll refuse to take it. Believe it or not, this is actually a very common scam, and cities all over the world, from New York to London to Toronto, have been struggling with it for years. Best advice I can give you, pay attention to the people around you and don't let anyone hand you anything. This is also good advice when it comes to dealing with the CD bullies, aka fake rap artists. They work in the same vein as the fake Buddhists. These guys will approach you on the strip and try to hand you what you think is a free CD. Hey man, check out my music. You'll love it. I'll even autograph it for you. Here's where the scam part kicks in. After you've taken the CD, when you try to walk away, they start yelling that you didn't pay for it. They then demand you give them $20 to cover the CD. Chances are, at that point, their buddies or bandmates will join them. 
Most people get freaked out, understandably so, and will hand over the money right away. Best way to avoid getting trapped? Again, just don't take the CD from them. They're probably going to verbally hassle you about it, but that's better than being out $20 for nothing. Or if you've taken the CD and you're trying to hand it back, but they won't take it, simply set the CD down on the ground at their feet and walk away. Another scam that sucks in the unsuspecting tourist is, believe it or not, Three Card Monty. You know the game. Dealer shows you three cards, two kings and an ace, lays them down on the table, shuffles them. Your job, chase the ace, find the card. If you do, you win your money back, plus whatever you've bet. Here's the thing. This game, never legit. The people who quote-unquote win are in on the scam, and their job is to win just enough to convince the next player that the game is winnable. And of course, it's not. Luckily, I've seen Vegas PD starting to crack down on this scam on the strip, along with the classic shell game, which, again, I can't believe people fall for this, but there are still a few guys out there on the strip trying to suck people in for it. The next tip is specifically for the gents, and it's kind of a sensitive subject. This one is aimed at the guys who head out and explore Vegas on their own. Come close to the speaker for a second. We're going to talk about casino girls a.k.a. hookers, for a couple of minutes here. Now, I briefly hit on this topic during episode one, where I mentioned that I gave up on playing slots at the Venetian because I was being hassled by some particularly aggressive women of the night. Listen, I'm not here to judge your decisions, and I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. You're all adults, and you're all capable of making your own choices. However, I would be remiss if I didn't at least attempt to warn you of how things can go down. The scene usually unfolds like this. You're sitting alone at the bar, you're enjoying a beverage, maybe playing some video poker, or watching game highlights on the big screen, or you're just minding your own business, cruising Facebook on your phone. Next thing you know, an impossibly attractive woman sits down beside you, orders a drink, and tries to strike up a conversation with you. Guys, let me give you a tip. If you're not the type of guy who, on a regular basis, has attractive women approach you and start talking to you, chances are this girl is only interested in one thing. What's in your wallet? My personal advice? Be firm with your no, but be polite. Honestly, there's no need to be rude about it. And once you make your feelings known, she'll probably just tell you to have a nice night. She'll get up and go looking for her next target. Now, this being said... If you do decide you want to make a bad decision, and again, I'm not here to judge, just be careful. The news in Vegas is often filled with stories of tourists who just wanted to have some fun, ended up robbed, beaten, or in jail, caught up in a police sting. And one last thing that I want to warn the first-timers about, timeshare salespeople. Side note, unlike the previous warnings I've given, these people aren't doing anything illegal, but they're annoying as all hell. You are going to be approached multiple times each day, both on the strip and inside hotels and malls with offers for free show tickets, free meals, free buffets, free hotel stays. Let me share something with you here. Nothing in Vegas is free. Now, if they do manage to sucker you in, they'll sign you up for a presentation, which they'll say is no obligation. However, 
You'll be put in a room with a bunch of other poor, unfortunate folks and subjected to several hours of high pressure sales tactics where they'll try every trick in the book to convince you that spending $20,000 for a one week timeshare plus $700 a year in maintenance fees is a good idea. Also, you can get a couple of free show tickets or maybe a free dinner. Simply put, it's not worth the time, especially when you're on vacation and you're trying to cram in as many activities as you can. So, how do you avoid it? Well, there are several ways, and although they may come across as rude right now, after you've been hassled 985 times with offers of free tickets, you'll appreciate them and be ready to use them. Option one, you can politely say, no thank you. Warning though, these guys and gals are pros. They'll keep talking to you, trying to convince you while you're walking away. Some will even follow you as you walk away. Option number two, just ignore them. When you, they try to talk to you, just keep walking, don't make eye contact or acknowledge them. And option number three, lie. Their opening line is usually something like, hey, wanna go see a show tonight? Just tell them you're getting on a plane tonight and going home and you don't have time. They'll still try to be persistent with you, but it at least gives you the window to walk away. So now that I've scared you with all my tips on things to avoid, how about I redeem myself with a couple of attractions worth checking out? Let's start on the strip, shall we? If you're looking for a great way to kill a few hours and you want to see some really cool marine life, head to the extreme south end of the strip to Mandalay Bay and check out the Shark Reef Aquarium. This is always at the top of my list of things to do and recommendations for people. It's a chance to see reptiles, fresh and saltwater fish, giant jellyfish, and get up close and personal with sharks, including a walk through an underwater tunnel where sharks will be swimming on all sides of you. It is so awesome. Now, depending on how quick you go through, it'll probably take you a couple hours to see everything. Tickets are $25 for adults, $23 for seniors, $19 for kids. And if you're a My Vegas player on Facebook, they often have free admission and buy one, get one free tickets available as rewards. Now, along the same lines, another great attraction is Siegfried and Roy's Secret Garden and Dolphin Habitat at the Mirage. I've been here a couple of times, and again, absolutely worth a visit. You'll get to see dolphins, white tigers, white lions, white leopards, and much, much more. And if you're really lucky, you might get to meet the legendary duo of Siegfried and Roy for whom the Secret Garden is named. They're often spotted spending time there. Now, if you're not familiar, Siegfried and Roy performed magic in Las Vegas for close to 30 years. This was before Roy was attacked on stage by one of their tigers back in 2003. Basic admission to the Secret Garden is $22 for adults, $17 for kids. They also have a lot of different special admission packages available that allow you to get up close and personal with the animals. It's very, very cool. I uh, could check the Mirage website at mirage.com uh, for all the details. And I always like to share a little hidden gem with people as well. Once again, we're going off the strip to the Pinball Hall of Fame and Museum. It's located at 1610 East Tropicana Avenue. It's easy to get to either via rideshare or cab, or if you're up for a walk and feeling adventurous, head south on the strip to the MGM Grand. You can hop on the monorail or walk down there. Then go east on Tropicana. It's about two miles off the strip. It's a solid 45 minute walk. So make sure you got comfortable shoes on if that's the route you're gonna go. They have over 250 totally playable machines, including pinball machines from the early 1900s right up to classic video games from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Again, machines are all completely playable. 
costs you anywhere from 25 to 50 cents to play. Honestly, it's a great escape from the craziness of the strip and an awesome way to spend a lazy or perhaps hungover afternoon. Side note on this, the money brought in from the machines, they use it to cover the costs of operations and then the owner takes the rest and makes a sizable charitable donation every year to various local Vegas charities. And big news for the Pinball Hall of Fame, they're hoping to get a new location open in 2020. They've actually bought land south of the Strip, close to uh, Town Square Mall, and are planning on building a brand new 27,000 square foot facility there, which is going to be very, very cool once that's up and running. Now, on to details about my upcoming trip. I'm going to be jetting away from Calgary down to Vegas on Sunday, December 16th. It's going to be an awesome trip. Not only am I going to be joined on my uh, joined by my wife on this trip, which is a rare treat. She only comes to Vegas maybe once, twice a year with me. So it's going to be a lot of fun for that. But I'm also going to have a few opportunities to spend some time with my Vegas family. The first of which is going to happen on Monday, December 17th at the joint in the Hard Rock Hotel. We're going to be there to celebrate the fifth anniversary of Monday's Dark, the charity event created and hosted by my good friend Mark Chinook, whom I talked about in the last episode. Short story, Monday's Dark, the ultimate variety show. Mark calls on all of his Vegas friends from various shows and performance venues around town. They come out, donate their time, and perform. Monday's Dark happens every two weeks at a venue called The Space, which is located just off the strip at uh, Polaris and Harmon. They feature a different musical theme for each show. But here's the big deal. Every Monday's Dark raises $10,000 for a local Vegas charity. Uh, coming up on the 17th, Monday's Dark moves to the big room at the Hard Rock, and reps from all 22 charities from 2018 will be there to celebrate. Plus... The 22 charities that will benefit in 2019 will be there as well to be revealed. So 44 charitable organizations under one roof, which is absolutely incredible. Over the past five years, Monday's Dark has raised over $800,000 for Vegas area charities. And in 2019, they'll crack the $1 million level, which is absolutely amazing. Now, here's the really cool part. If you're going to be in Vegas on December 17th, tickets for Monday's Dark's fifth anniversary show are still available, but they're starting to get pretty limited. So if you want info, head to mondaysdark.com and hopefully we'll get to see you there. If you are going to be there, get in touch with me. Maybe we can connect, have a beverage or two. Another reason that I'm excited for this trip, I finally get to make good on a bet that I made with Mark during last year's Western Conference Final in the Stanley Cup playoffs. My Winnipeg Jets took on Mark's Vegas Golden Knights, and the bet was simple. If the Jets won the series, Mark had to put on a Winnipeg Jets jersey for a Monday's Dark Show. And if the Knights won, I had to supply Mark with homemade butter tarts. Now, if you're Canadian, your mouth is watering. If you're American, you're going, what the hell is a butter tart? Trust me, Google it, and if you get a chance to try one, you need to try one. Now, needless to say, the Jets lost. My wife is going to be spending the weekend baking, and I have to figure out the best way to pack four dozen butter tarts into my suitcase for a trip to Vegas. I'm also stoked about my accommodations for this trip. We're going to be staying at Caesars Palace, which has always been on my list of places to stay, but it was never an option until one day I opened up the Caesars Total Rewards app on my phone and discovered that somehow I had a bunch of comp nights at Caesars. To be honest, I'm not sure how or why it happened. I don't gamble a ton, and until the last few months, 
I hadn't stayed at a Caesars property in at least two years, but who am I to argue? I will gladly take the room and I'll be sure to include a review of the hotel and my room as part of my trip report in my next episode. As an aside, let me use this to remind you that if you are a somewhat regular Vegas visitor, even if you only go once or twice a year, be sure to sign up for the various player club programs, whether it's uh, total rewards for Caesars properties, uh, M Life for MGM properties, or any of the other properties, absolutely worth it. As I said, I don't gamble much, but in the last year, I've had comp offers at the Luxor, MGM Grand, New York, New York, and the Mirage, as well as Bally's, the Flamingo, the Link, and Caesars, which I'm happy to take advantage of on this trip. I'm also going to be celebrating my birthday on this trip, so I'm hoping for a special birthday meal, maybe Hell's Kitchen at Caesars, and I'm thinking I'll be doing a date night with my wife taking in a show. She's never been to a Cirque du Soleil show, so I'm thinking we might have to head out for one of those. Uh, my last trip, episode one, check out my review of Cirque du Soleil's uh, The Beatles' Love at the Mirage. It was an absolutely incredible show. Debating on whether or not to repeat that show and see that one with my wife, or maybe, just maybe, consider taking in a new show. Michael Jackson, The One at Mandalay Bay, I think, is on the top of my list. So you never know. Just might have to go and uh, and check that out. So I think that about wraps things up for episode two of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Hope you've enjoyed listening. And if you want to get in touch with me with comments on the show or suggestions of places or restaurants for my wife and I to check out on our upcoming trip, uh, feel free to drop me an email. You can get me at jeff at walkernewmedia.com. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at walkernewmedia. And again, if you want to go back and listen to episode number one of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, uh, go to walkernewmedia.com and click on the podcast button to start listening. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a wonderful rest of your day.